This is episode 7 of the Insert Credit Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gorblax Jaffe, and joining me this week are four men on double secret probation from Full Sail Academy. Frank C. Note Cifaldi. That is my name. Tim T-Bone Rogers. T-Bone. Reckless of Brandon Sheffield. <laughs> there you go. And Patrick Hattrick Miller. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That's so good. No, seriously, oh my god. Pat, you're as regular a contributor to insert credit as the term can be applied, so it's great to finally have you on the show. It's nice to be on the show. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Are you familiar with the rules? Uh, vaguely. Well, let me go over it for the uninitiated. I'm going to throw a question at you that none of you have ever heard before, and uh, you have six minutes to address it. If you go over the time, I'm going to play a terrifying noise. Are you ready to go? Let's do this, baby. Question number one. What distinguishes Gamescom from other annual industry events? It's in Europe. It's in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in, it's in Cologne, where they have a they have a beer there that is called Kolsch. And uh, its most distinctive quality is that it, um, it tastes the way a sponge smells when you uh, leave it wet for too long and it gets all oh, moldy. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. You know, you get rid of that by putting it in the microwave for about two minutes. Right. So this is beer that you need to put in the microwave for about two minutes. Hot beer? Yeah. Put, like, so that's what Game Scum is all about. Game Hot Scum. Beer. Game Scum. Yeah. It's, I, I find it hard to look at that word and not just immediately say Game Scum. I feel so it, it's kind of a weird one, yeah. Yeah. Is, is Gamescom, along with E3 and Tokyo Game Show, like now the only um, sort of industry uh, like sales show? It's one of the biggest consumer-facing and sales shows. Is it consumer? Like, like no, it's definitely it's, yeah. It's more consumer, definitely. Dudes, dudes just line up. It's it's a huge consumer thing. I mean, Tokyo Game Show is too in the latter two days. Yeah. But um, Gamescom. Gamescom is now, um, it's right after GDC Europe, so a lot more business happens in the GDC Europe bit, and then and Gamescom. Right after, like, how many days? It's like, it starts the day after, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, the day after. Right. And They're connected, basically, almost. Time yeah. Wise. Well, they're in the same, um, same, like, giant hall as well. Uh, they're in different wings of it, but they're in the same huge building complex. And I have been to Gamescom, and... It's kind of horrifying because it's it's kind of like going to a uh, a game conference on a college campus where everything is super spread out in in these giant cavernous areas and you're not really sure what to look at or what to do or where to go. Um, I I can't say I enjoyed it, but other people seem to be into it. But that's probably because they live in Europe. That's what they got there. I remember a lot of like game journalists when Gamescom was. I don't know. It, it kind of just came up in recent years as like the big thing, right? Yeah. Like, and then I remember. I I don't want to say game journalists. So I'll be. It was Kotaku, like, <laughs> like three years ago. Or so they were like, they were like, oh my god, there's beer on the convention floor, <laughs> and it's like. I remember me and my bro going to Tokyo Game Show back in like 2003, and there's like beer at the convenience store at the convention center, like inside, and he's just like carrying around a couple of tall boys. It's like that's that's real legit. But now it's like Tokyo Game Show is what just like a matter of weeks after Gamescom now, right? Yeah, it's not even a month. It's like they really snipped TGS's balls off, didn't they? Well, TGS Especially, was the neutering itself, so you know. Yeah. Right. 
And I mean, these I are, guess the, these the, are all the same demos that are just at E3, right? It's just like it's, they're newer. Are they often newer? Sometimes, and sometimes yeah. they're very bugs like, in two months. You got that friggin' uh, World of Tanks. That's that's probably good. they got a new build of that over there that takes up half the convention center because people love that stuff. The game's sweet, dude. Okay. Didn't Sony just announce a whole bunch of stuff that everyone figured, oh, we thought you'd do this at E3, but instead you did it at Gamescom? Yeah. We don't know why. They did do that. What, what, what kind of stuff did they announce? They're like trying to... No, they announced a whole bunch of new actual video games that oh. people might want to play. Like a, there's a game called Rain where uh, there's some kid that can only be viewed in the rain and he's trying to find um, a lady who's like a ghost character. That sounds and like a Doctor Who episode. There's a game called Puppeteer, which kind of looks like that Black Knight thing from uh, Grasshopper, but a little more jovial. Um, Could do with some joviality. And they they put up a new Thalastophis trailer, oh, which, Thalastophis. <laughs> which looks pretty good. And I feel yeah, like fifty percent of our jokes on this show are about mispronouncing words. Well, why not? That's, At least. Who who says you got to pronounce them right anyway? Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. A bunch of squares pronouncing stuff right. I pronounce stuff right all goddamn day as part of my job. You know, I want to unwind. <laughs> when you want to unwind from pronouncing stuff right, listen to the insert credit podcast. Yeah, I want to yeah, just, just kick back. I want to get on here, kick back, and start pronouncing stuff weird. Game scum. You know, Shigargamel. Shigargamel was good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, so I'm looking at I, I I'm looking at a video game website now. I'm not supposed to reveal which one, right? So I'm trying to look at Gamescom news, and uh, it looks like there's a lot of games. There's like Resident Evil Six. There isn't there like a demo of Resident Evil on PSN. I mean, what is Kotaku saying right now? It's not Kotaku. I'm oh, looking at another yeah. site. Wait, I shouldn't reveal which one. Why? There's Star Wars 1313. There's a Dead or Alive Five. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's called Dead or a Five. <laughs> no, I was going to say that. Well, you jerk. <laughs> Denied. Like, the other fifty percent of our jokes are portmanteaus. Wait, so yeah. I think we may have possibly answered the question. Okay, question number two. We didn't answer no question. Sure, we did. Gamescom <laughs> is like all the other conferences, except in Europe, and there's beer. It's in Germany. It killed TGS. And, and it, it actually had some interesting-sounding games, unlike E3. It has, yeah. And it's improved if you put it in the microwave. It has, got it all. It's a cool name, which does not apply to all English-speaking countries. Uh, and they have beer on the convention floor. Do they have pretzels on the convention floor? How yes. could they not? It's Germany. And it's yeah, cool. they have huge ones, just gigantic pretzels. So the place stinks of cologne instead of Axe Body Spray. Anthropomorphic uh, pretzels, <laughs> yeah. Right. Nice. Question number two. Were there any GameCube games with good voice acting? Oh. Well, um, God. well there was... Uh, hmm. What about the Marios? Mario! Oh, yeah. Mario! I mean, it's, it's at least appropriate voice acting, right? <laughs> Yippee. Wahoo. Right. I, I, I was thinking more in terms of Luigi's Mansion, in that there's an entire button dedicated to just calling out Mario's name. Uh, Mario! <laughs> yeah, the Mario button was kind of an innovation. <laughs> yeah. Press button to Mario. What was, what was that uh, the pinball game with the microphone that was terrible? Odama? Maybe? Odama. Yeah. 
That had pretty good voice acting because I'm I have a really good voice. Oh, but that nice. Harry. Yeah. What, what what were the GameCube games? There were like how many of them were there? Like thirty or forty? Uh, like a dozen at least. Zelda, um, Zelda had those those things that you would talk to, and then the camera would zoom around, and the word box would open, and they'd make a noise or something. Animal Crossing that was really good voice acting. How it kind of re- yeah, it, it was a step up from the original Star Fox, as I recall. And it was it was demonic and really really creepy. I liked the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish your thing. Just saying, it's actually reading the words, so it's like, whoa. Yeah. Um, I liked the 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 enemy guys in Resident Evil Four. I thought that was pre- those guys were pretty well voice acted. Oh yeah, they, when they were whispering the weird like Latin words, I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there were the Latin ones, but then there were also the the dudes just speaking Castilian Spanish. I don't know if it was actually Castilian. Um, it but was, uh, it was, it was Spain style Spanish. Yeah, it was one of those Spanish that evokes the the, the feeling of a castle. Yeah. Something. Yes. So, <laughs> but you, you say <laughs> all of the other voice acting was really, really bad. And what was Killer Seven's voice acting? Was it just like weird noises over words? It was yeah. throat sounds and uh, filters, but then there were also parts where guys are actually talking. Um. Uh, well, it, 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 it wasn't straight voice acting even when they were actually talking. It was stilted and weird. Yeah, in a cool enough sort of way. And I liked the I liked the way voices sounded in Killer Seven. Yeah. I liked Killer Seven. They were cool. Yeah, I uh, I I think Killer Seven's cool. I I wouldn't say I like it, but <laughs> I mean I I think it's cool and it has it has a definite all around style and atmosphere, which is which is neat. But uh, going back to Resident Evil Four, like yeah. like Resident Evil Four just bothered me because there's like Leon puts that giant radio thing against his head. Leon, and then we see him talking for like five minutes to some lady on the radio. It's like you see their faces. Why do you see their faces on like like radio green static faces while they're just talking about opening doors and stuff? Because they were green sure. actually, but whatever color they were, man. I think because uh, because he he was he hallucinated for part of that thing, so maybe he was hallucinating the, the the entire time, and just seeing her dang face. Maybe he had some visual implants. Yeah, vis- vis- implants. Yeah. You do at one point have to use an eyeball as a key, so. Yeah. What did he, uh, did Beautiful it? Joe have a lot of voice acting? Beautiful Joe had some terrible voice acting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, good. Beautiful Joe. <laughs> He's got a hot girlfriend in a movie theater, and he's just ignoring her because he's watching the movie. I'm looking yeah. right now at uh, IGN's list of the 25 best GameCube games of all time, and uh, I think it's all of them. And um, I'm not seeing anything that uh, really Wait. stands out as far as voice Wait, acting. You mean IGN's list of the 25 only GameCube games of all time? Right, but but they're ordered. Ah. Oh, they're. But <laughs> is it? Is it uh, uh, Wind Waker? For number one? Yeah. Uh, Wind Waker is number four. What? Uh, it was Metroid What's number one. Prime number one, because Metroid Prime's number one for me. Metroid Prime is number one. Oh, that's fantastic. I just right. redeemed. <laughs> the goddamn slight is forgiven. Number two is uh, Resident Evil 4. Uh, yeah, that seems right. I think the answer, unfortunately, is none of them. 
Because Metroid Prime had no voice acting and great music. Yeah. Made everything. And I, I, I agree with Brandon about the appropriate voice acting for, like, Mario-style games, the little calls and stuff. And uh, on that note, maybe Super Smash Brothers Melee had a fantastic yeah. voice acting. Oh, oh sure. Why not? Sure. What? Okay, so since we have a minute left on this question, Jeffy, what's the reason you ask this question? Oh, because I had a weird conversation with somebody about this the other day. Um, Uh, A friend of mine said to me, oh, hey, Baten Kaitos 2 probably has the best voice acting for the GameCube. And I said, I don't think there are any games with good voice acting for the GameCube. And that's what led to this. Solid uh, Twin Snakes. The remake of Metal Gear Solid actually had better voice acting than Metal Gear Solid, but nobody will admit it because they like Metal Gear Solid better. Well, also, it has that David Hayter guy who is a terrible voice actor, so I don't want to acknowledge his voice acting. Yeah, I don't really like his voice. I'm sorry, David Hayter. I do like that David Hayter wrote the first draft of the script of X-Men the movie. I think he wrote that, yeah, and I think they didn't deviate enough from it. (laughs) You guys are... Y'all some Hayter haters, man. Oh, hey! <laughs> the same joke at the same time. <laughs> I made the joke about twenty seconds before he made that joke, but you guys were talking, so. Well, good. Listen to the tape again. <laughs> it's the most petty argument I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Question <laughs> number three: What right. is the best feeling vehicle in a video game? Oh, the Warthog. Hey, in all the games, the Warthog is the best feeling vehicle uh, because. You're just rotating the camera. It's FPS controls. You rotate the camera, and you're just moving forward and backward, and just getting it to do, like, a quick hairpin 180, it's it's just incredible. Like, uh, my God, I could just drive around in that Warthog in Halo all the time. I'd say the I, tank in Blaster Master. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, that that's kind of got some awkward moments, though. I don't, I don't agree with that. It, it's a little weird. Yeah. It, it feels kind of clunky, and, and I don't know. I don't feel like it's always doing what I want it to do, and sometimes the platforming is a pain in the ass. Um, unless you mean the best feeling in terms of uh, tactile sensation as far as, like, putting your hand on the tank itself, in which case, I don't know. <laughs> like, Sophia could feel really good. I don't know. If I meant in that sense, wouldn't it be that one tank game with all the buttons whose name I'm blanking on right now? Well, it would obviously be Squishy Tank. tank. I yeah, think squishy tank. I think the new squishy squishy tank is the best feeling uh, vehicle in any video game. What about jelly car? I'm Jeff, not familiar no, with jelly car. Squishy tank is a tank. Oh, man, you got to get jelly car, man. Well, what about Lakitu's cloud? Like, if we're talking tactile sensation, I mean, well, my hand would probably go right through that. It's a cloud. Except you can ride it. No, it's vapor, dude. Only if you're pure of heart. Yeah. <laughs> I say that I think um, the Nissan GTR feels really good in Gran Turismo 5, but I don't know if that's cheating. I also have an answer, which is that I really like the car in Outrun 2 or Outrun 2000 or Outrun Coast to Coast, those games. I like it in Outrun Online Arcade on the uh, Xbox Live. Arcade. I have a list written out here of games you would probably cover. That list consists of Warthog, something from Gran Turismo, and Outrun 2. And you just well, there you three. go. Nice. <laughs> All right. You didn't get Squishy Tank. No, I didn't get Squishy Tank. It looks like you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to Gran Turismo, the uh, the Castrol Tom's uh, Supra, the 97 Toyota Supra, uh, special, just blazed out, modified one, uh, is really awesome. That made me wish I had a Supra. I don't like, know if you guys saw uh, last night that I found the uh, 
the Hachiroku from from uh, Initial D sitting outside of Shooting Star Cafe in Oakland. Tim was there as well. Yeah, it was hot and sweet. It was real awesome. cool, and when I play those Initial D games, that, that car feels pretty okay. It doesn't feel the best, but man, I tell you what, I could actually touch that car last night, so I would say maybe... Maybe in terms of tactile sensation, I actually touched the car from Initial D yesterday. So, um, yes, in recent did. memory, that's the best feeling car. I was surprised that it didn't. The alarm didn't just scream and go off when you uh, when you touched it. I caressed it. Yeah, when you could. you did you actually did touch it. It's not that you could touch it. You did touch it. I did touch it. Good. Just on the just on the back. Just you know, like a little like like when. Uh, when when a dog walks by and and the owner looks really scowly and like they won't let me tet, uh, pet their dog, but the dog, dog is still walking by behind the owner, so I could just 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 reach my hand down and 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 graze its back, give it a little pet as it goes by. That, that's kind of what I did to this car. Maybe the best feeling vehicle in a video game is the boat from Wind Waker in that it has feelings. Yeah, it does actually have video games. There you go. Does it have the best feeling? I don't really. Maybe it's the I, best at feeling. I don't really like the way that boat feels. I don't. I don't like the the the, the actual driving around element of that boat. I just, you know, it's a terrible feeling vehicle. Is the uh, the underwater tub thing in Earthworm Jim? Oh, okay, yeah. that's that's an awful vehicle. Yeah, I don't want to be in that vehicle ever again in my life. That whole game is just a series of bad vehicles. Is what it feels like. It's just oh yeah, the the giant hamster is a bad vehicle too. That's an awful vehicle. That game is dad jokes and bad vehicles. You know what else is a bad vehicle is uh, is uh, Leon from Resident Evil Four. Yeah, no, it was like a tank. Yes. Yeah, that guy is like a this like pretty crappy tank. I mean, he's a better tank than than the previous tanks they had in games in those games. But uh wait, didn't they have a guy named Tank in that? I don't know. In like in, in like 2 or something? No, they I'm thinking of Hulk. Never mind. I think that the tank in Gears of War 2 is a pretty good vehicle. The one that you're driving across the frozen lake and you're shooting mortars in the air and you're just blowing millions of people up. I thought that was a pretty good vehicle. I kind of like the the warthog in near as well as the warthog in Halo. I mean, yes, one hundred percent that the that the the warthog in Halo is just like about two hundred times better to drive, but it's really cool to drift an animal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the warthog in near controls like the car in Outrun too, except it's except a warthog. Animals is another question for a later day. I think we could probably fill a podcast. Talking about rideable animals, yeah. yeah. And yeah. we could talk about the, that treasure game that never came out for the Dreamcast, where you were just riding hamsters or something. Rideable animals, animals, right? Rideable animals. Let's make that game. The Yoshi oh, man, cast. I want a mecha kangaroo. <laughs> game that'd be cool. And so the an- the answer was. I mean, tank. you could ride a kangaroo in Oracle of the Ages and Seasons. The answer is squishy tank. Squishy no. tank. I think, it's, I think it's all of the all of the answers that were on his list. Okay, the answer is this entire six minutes. All right, question number four. Michael Stearns asks, "What are your least favorite gaming industry and journalism buzzwords?" So yeah, gaming is is definitely one. Gaming, uh, because gaming sounds gaming means gambling, 
and that's just not the appropriate term for for talking about video games. I remember being really freaked out the first time I played Pokemon Red and Blue, and the gambler uh, guy was uh, mistranslated or retranslated to gamer, and I felt like I was thrown for a loop. Oh man. Oh man! So, Brandon, you, 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 what about the the classic gaming expo in Las Vegas? Yeah, that's that's a terribly confusing, right? Cause because you're going to Vegas for the gaming expo, but it's about video games, and you're like, no, I'm here for slot machines. Classic gaming recalls when I hear classic gaming, I think of bone rolling and uh, dice rolling, tag, whiskey slamming, uh, you know, whiskey shot <laughs> challenge, tag. You know, I think of those. Those are the classic games. Indeed, chess. Like, we need to, yeah, you know, the whole video game industry needs to god darn back off, right? <laughs> stop, stop calling, you know, Arkanoid and Kid Icarus classic games. Classic games poker, right? So yeah, that's a classic here. We can call Kid Icarus, for example, an 8-bit game, right? You can but call Monopoly, Monopoly unless you're talking about the uh, home video game ports of Monopoly, definitely a classic game. Yeah, you, you put it on Nintendo. It's no longer classic, though. Call them uh, classic video games. I also hate the word gamer because gamer indicates. I'm actually going to write a whole article about this, but it indicates a very specific certain kind of person. Um, it's it's like that defines you. Being playing games is your your existence. That's all you are, and we don't we don't do that with any other kind of medium just just say this is this kind of person and it and it has all these negative connotations like like a uh, um you know basement dweller or um yeah socially maladjusted it, like why why do we have gamer grub food that 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 people that play games specifically they have, they have caffeinated peanuts now yeah yeah they actually say that <laughs> and it's like it's like stamped for gamers it's like, I think we need to, we, we have, like, buzzwords are creepy because you're you're contracting language. You're just, yeah. you're trying to squeeze language into a smaller package. And that, that creeps me out as a person who has worked in marketing before in some bizarre capacity, which we won't get into. But it's like, why can't, I, I feel like at some point it's going to come back around and we're going to start expanding language again. And so. we're going to enjoy uh, the flavor of a slightly longer phrase because it's going to be new. What's old is new again, et cetera, et cetera. And at that point, I suggest we use the term players of video games. I think, yeah. I, I think that is a pretty good... Players of video games are excited about Halo 4. Well, I think okay. the term video is going to go away. Yeah. I mean, really, are our mo- current monitors even using what we would call video? Yeah, they're using this virtual reality now, right? Right, it's all VR. <laughs> but I mean, does, doesn't video refer to a specific type of display that we're no longer commonly using? Yeah, yeah. So video yeah. is probably going to go away. It's a, but I, I don't want it to. Uh, calling video games video games makes me happy because uh, it means I don't have to take them as seriously. <laughs> um, all four stuff that I don't have to take seriously. I'm I get creeped out by interactive idea. media. Interactive uh, media is a little creepy. Interact. It's kind of generic, I think. I don't it's know just a creepy. school term. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just educational crap. Yeah. Yeah. Content gets me. Whether you're talking about what goes on a website or what goes in a level or whatever, uh, it just seems like a way of saying stuff in the, yeah. in the most big 
It may it have a cop hat. Certainly. Content in this one. What's new about Resident Evil? <laughs> Tweeted at a uh, uh, game was like, "Hey, I, you know, it's like fresh content." And I was like, "That sounds like the least appetizing thing I could possibly put <laughs> in a magazine." It doesn't sound. I mean, it, it sounds kind of like you know. Do you, I just took a shit? Do you, would you yeah. like some? Sounds like a poop. I got yeah. some content. You got. Um. You know, you know what I hate actually, and this isn't typical. This isn't specific to games, but it's often used with uh, video games. Is the word goodness as a noun? Oh God, yeah. Oh. So you know, someone will be like, "This thing is full of gaming goodness," and that just sure. makes me want to like destroy everything. I've got, I've got a list of words I hate. What's almost as long as a goddamn dictionary? Yeah, I got a lot of so, those. So. Especially the way people use them. You know, uh, for example, I was working at a startup. You know, because we all do that sometimes. I don't know if you guys... I was consulting at a game startup, and it's like... It's just so easy to see buzzwords leap from employee to employee, and then you can kind of understand how it gets to be the marketing mouthpiece vocabulary. You know, it, it becomes part of their toolbox. But it's just like, to hear the guys... One guy start using the word sauce, and then everyone is using the word sauce. Uh. And uh, I almost want to say the name of this company. So, so that nobody, everybody listening can never take them seriously. But uh, it's just like, yeah, man, we got there's some good sauce here. It's like they're not even using it right. You know, it's like I mean, I'm sure there's like some sort of uh, 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 definition of the word, and there's like some guidelines for using it. Re 4chan and Reddit or whatever, but uh, uh, they weren't even using. It. God darn it! Oh, I didn't get to talk about shmup. Well, that's not a buzzword. That is not a buzzword, though. Okay, okay. Question number five. Would you rather play a Pokemon MMO or an Animal Crossing MMO? Neither. The end. Oh, man. (laughs) Sick burn. You know that you'd be ready for both of them, Brandon. Animal Crossing, because there wouldn't be any combat at all. Yeah. It would just be a place to hang out and do whatever. Man, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say I would rather play Minecraft if... Minecraft had Animal Crossing elements seamlessly grafted into it. That's my answer. That makes sense to me. I mean, if if if, if Minecraft had the community aspect of Animal Crossing where I can send people letters and stuff, that's what I would rather play. I don't really like um, Animal Crossing very much because it, it doesn't have uh, it doesn't have enough push and pull for me. Really, um, oh, you got I mean, a lot of pull, yeah. I like it in in concept, absolutely, but I, I just don't have a, a super fun time playing it. Both of those games have a have a serious kind of uh, collection element that yeah. makes me feel like I I need to do all the best things in a certain way, or else I'm not playing the game the right way. Since since it's it's kind of low low friction there uh, as far as as far as um, you know negative repercussions for anything that I guess sort of the the old school game player in me is looking for the challenge and the challenge appears to be stand in this area at a certain time and wait for this specific thing to happen so that I, I can get the specific Oh, I'm, t- I'm talking about like if you need to get a certain Pokemon, you have to be there at noon, and you have to have this kind of net and and this sort of thing, and it 
Don't use nets for Pokemon. You use Pokeballs. There's a netball. Yeah. <laughs> the netball. Oh, my God. Wow. I can't believe I forgot about the netball. I'm sorry. Any, anyway. Um, and that kind of... If you put that into an MMO stage, then there are going to be other people around me pressuring me even more to do it the right way. So I think it would, it would, just, it would just break my mind. I like the idea of an Animal Crossing MMO more because... Uh, because of the the thing sort of like waiting here at the right time and something happens because it could have a sort of fez effect where people are as a community trying to figure out how to get weird stuff mm-hmm. and that could be kind of interesting that said i don't personally want to play any mmo ever but uh two i think an animal crossing mmo would be more interesting than both yeah, yeah. I think that i would play the animal crossing mmo kind of the same way i played uh the sim social I would play enough of the game to give a shit about my house or whatever, right? For maybe a week. And then after that, it would mostly just be hanging out and, well, this is what I wanted to do in Sims, the Sim Social was like talk to people inside their house and interact, and interact with them. With them. I, yeah. think, I, think, I think, whoa, am I echoing? I think my answer is still uh, Minecraft uh, with people that I like because nobody that I like plays Minecraft. So it's like if Brandon and Frank. And Jaffe and Miller and uh, Delicious McCune. What's up, Delicious, if you're listening? Uh, if they all played Minecraft and we all had our own Minecraft city, heck yeah, I'd sit down and plunk around in it for half an hour a day, you know, or something, while I'm taking my phone calls or whatever, you know, but that's not the case, so... Yeah, you're not going to get either of us. I don't. I know. I know. Yeah. I know exactly. Exactly. And you know, you wouldn't. Uh, it would be hard for one of you to get me without the other one also agreeing. Like, it just would require this thing that adult. It's hard for me to just get into. But it's like I've played enough Minecraft, which is like an hour of Minecraft, to know that wow. If I were 12 years old, I'm making friends through this thing. Yeah. Like like real yeah. friends that I would have like for real. Whereas uh, now I would have to, at over the age of 30, I would have to bring in my real friends in order to play. I've, I've got to say, I don't think a Pokemon MMO really adds, it, like, in, in hypothetically speaking, I don't think it adds anything to the experience. Unless we have, like, if we have to team up to catch Pokemon, that sounds annoying. That doesn't sound like fun. Yeah. So what's left? Are we battling? Well, I can already do that online. And there's already a group of people who take it way too seriously. I you think know? Pokemon already has a fantastic multiplayer. I think I think Pokemon probably has the best multiplayer component of any game ever. Whoa. Mm. That's a bold claim. That's a bold statement, yeah. It's a bold statement, but uh, I made it just to make it. And uh, <laughs> I think uh, it, it has a great multiplayer component. Like, uh, I mean, trading, collecting. If only there were a Dragon Quest Nine. Hello, was I cut off for that? No, no, nope. no, there weren't. If only there were a Dragon Quest Nine. Sort of invite your friend into your world, and you can see your friend walking around, and you can hunt Pokemon together. You know, like sort of element to Pokemon. That would just be a brain blower. That would be a blow dryer for my brain. That would be a. I mean, I'd play that with my friends if my friends were into it. That's the problem. Is any sort of MMO game? I don't want to meet new people. I want my friends to be as into it as I am from the get-go, and I just can't manufacture that situation as an adult. Yeah, it's a real hard situation with multiplayer games because like that, those those fifth cell guys um, made this game called Hybrid, which just came out on XBLA, and you yeah. know a couple of my friends worked on it, and. 
But then I found out it's a multiplayer, online multiplayer only shooter. And I was like, well, okay then. I will not ever be playing this game. Not too bad about that. Not actually a shooter. It's like a strategy game with a shooter interface. Well, it is it is pretty shootery from what I played of it. Player esports Valkyria. We just reached the halfway point, so we're going to take a short break. Stay tuned while listener Gilbert Smith discusses Studio Ghibli. This is Gilbert Smith talking about Studio Ghibli. Uh, you know what I want to see is a Howl's Moving Castle video game. I really like the idea of having these two scales of exploration. Climbing over mountains and forests while piloting the moving castle, and then stepping out to explore your surroundings in more intimate detail. All on the same maps and all in the same engine. It could be the game we always imagined we'd eventually get to play back when we were flying the airship in Final Fantasy VI. Or it could play like an open-world Katamari Damashi, letting us switch between both scales at will. Modern fantasy games seldom deliver on what was promised by the 16-bit era, and Studio Ghibli films are full of concepts that I'd love to see explored in 3D open-world games. Welcome back to the Insert Credit Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gorblax Jaffe. Joining me is Frank Zafaldi. I'm still here. Tim Rogers. Brandon Sheffield. Mm -hmm. And Patrick Miller. I'm still Patrick Miller. Oh man, you should have introduced him as Patrick Killer. (laughs) Question number six. Who is the William Hung video games? Uh, Oh man, I totally played Street Fighter with that guy. Really? Yeah, he used to go to Berkeley. I uh, I knew him before he was famous, as it turns out. Oh, you god darn jerk. No is that did. just someone with a big penis, or who is that? William oh, Hung he was a semi-celebrity in the past decade who got famous for going on American Idol and singing really terribly, and then everybody kind of ironically loved him. See, well, the, also the thing the audition after, performance of Ricky Martin's hit song, She Bangs. Yeah, and after he, after he did it, uh, poorly, and everyone, and they were like, uh, sorry, you're just not very good, and he's like, he essentially said, I did the best I could, and I have no regrets at all. Okay, so, the, okay, the video game equivalent of that would be someone who made an ambitious game that sucked, but is charming, right? Yeah, so charming. Feel right? He, huh? they have to be in- Was it really ambitious to cover a Ricky Martin? Oh, to get him. on stage? For this guy, yeah. He did his best. Yeah. It wasn't on stage. It was the audition room. It was the audition phase where they have a parade of people that they they have thousands of people audition. And then. Listen, man, listen. He knew he wasn't very good, but he went up and he did it. I guess he did it. Anyway, Anyway, he was also in an episode of the TV show Arrested Development. Mm -hmm. So we've got a hung jury. Yeah. So I was thinking more along the lines of somebody in video games, uh, whether a real person or a game or what have you, that uh, people like ironically. That whenever it's being cast, it's being kind of cast as a joke. I can uh, think Battletoads. I, I think Battletoads is a great example of a horrible video game that lots of people just genuinely love. So it's a good example. Like I, I genuinely like Battletoads, but... Man, and I'm not even talking looking at it through a modern lens. It's it's a horrible game. Earthworm yeah. Jim is a horrible game that I people yeah. feel kind of like. You know? Yeah. 
But that's not. No one likes it ironically. I think. Yeah, they like think it. it's genuinely good. Yeah, they genuinely like it, whereas people don't genuinely like. Yeah, it. we we need something that is embarrassingly bad. I mean, Frank and I play those kinds of games all the time. Um, like you know, what was that Ma- minor mole or something like that? I think uh, manic mole. Maniac. Manic mole. What about and, maniac mole? It was maniac mole. Maniac mole. Yeah, and and we had like a fantastic time playing that with other people and lolling at it, and like we had real fun playing that game. That Universal Studios game. What was that? Oh, Universal Studios theme park adventure. But but neither of these are the right example. They're I think. not like yeah. people don't like them ironically. They're just. I, 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 I'm but thinking. So not to not to uh, co-opt your question, but I'm thinking, what is the room of video games? Mm. Yeah, yeah. That would, that's basically it. Whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and not the room. So like, it's like, not the Silent Hill. Not Silent but... Hill the room, and that game sucked. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about why I hate Silent Hill. That's not part of this. Yeah. I think Silent... the Tommy Wiseau of video games. He he himself is the Tommy Wiseau of video games because he's got that video game show. That... Does he? Yeah, he's got a show where he just he's ki- he's kidnapped by aliens and he has to the Tommy Wiseau. Haven't you seen this? No. Oh, you really haven't seen it? Uh-uh. I, don't, I refuse nope. to watch anything he's done post The Room because now he knows that he's a joke and he's playing it up. You know what, Frank? I don't know if he knows. Like, if you watch the episode <laughs> really? of Tommy Wiseau where he's playing Mortal Kombat, watch that. Okay. That, that, that'll blow your mind. Uh, I, I do like having my mind blown, so I might take you up it'll on be that. A, it'll be a blow dryer for your brain is what it's going to be. You guys hey, wait, still have not accurately answered this question. No. So, how about how about the train simulator games? I know, like it yeah, seems no, like a lot of people no, are playing those. People fetishistically like those. Yeah, but no, I have I do have the answer. It's Desert Bus. Oh yeah, either, yes, ooh. yes, it is Desert Bus. It's either Desert Bus or uh, Cheetahman. You guys are totally missing uh, the thing. Is that this guy's? They enjoy him ironically because he's funny and pathetic, right? Whereas Desert Bus was obviously made... It was a joke, yeah. ...made as a joke. This guy was not joking. He okay, was, how about uh, Cheetah Men, then? Cheetah Men was not a joke, but it was... I think they knew that what that it was shit. You know, they, I think they knew they were just vomiting something out. I think the answer is Quim Dung's Cave Rescue. <laughs> I was going to say yeah, the sure. art of Quim Dung in general, but... Quim Dung uh, is fantastic. But I don't know how so... many of our listeners will get that. I think the problem with Quimdung is that I enjoy it completely, hundred percent, legitimately. His games. Yeah, I do as well. Um, they're just like any anyone out there that hasn't played uh, Quim Quimdung, aka now uh, Quick Ding, uh, played that dude's uh, Cave Rescue or Pexer Galaxy or Bonky Trek. You Bonky should get the best. get all of those. They're free on iOS and they're they're just fantastic. I love the Trek of Bonky. I mean, relaxing Bonky Trek in bed. Before you, you know, after a nightcap. Would yeah. it be mean to bring up Ululilia? Oh, I love that guy. His oh, that guy. I was actually, yeah, I was about to. This game looks I mean, cool. I was about to ask if anyone liked Bubsy. Ironically, Bubsy. Uh, man, that's a good one. I genuinely liked Bubsy when it came out, but I had shit taste when it came out. So, well, yeah, I was—I mean, I was a kid who was very easily taken by video game marketing, and there was a whole yeah. lot of marketing behind Bubsy, so I thought I liked it. Ula Lilia loved Bubsy, Bubsy 3D. Yeah, if they ever bring that back, they have to have some kind of achievement think, for uh, get, getting really high up, like he did, I think that's or uh, getting all of the death animations. Yeah, Bubsy, it is 3D. Bubsy 3D. Question number seven. 
Rank all six games in the Halo series from best to worst. Oh, man, seriously? Yeah, seriously. Mm. <laughs> That's tough. Uh, Halo Wars is in there, is what, right? Yeah, the, the six games are the Halo Trilogy, Halo 3 ODST, Halo Us. Wars, and uh, Halo Reach. Halo yeah. Reach it? Okay, I think I, I I think that it's it's gonna be between Halos one and two for number one. Let's start with number one, and I am gonna submit Halo two because I really liked the dual wielding and it and it was very refined. But many people like the campaign of Halo one better, so I'm just gonna the campaign of Halo one is better. Like half half the campaign in Halo one is better. The other half you're playing it again. Yeah. I'm going to submit Halo Wars as number one because I've never played any game with Halo in the title and I just want to troll. I've only nice. played Halo 1. Honestly, for this for this question, my top would be the like third-person, kind of more strategic version they originally showed at Macworld before Bungie you know got bought there. How do you know it was good? You didn't play it. That's exactly it. My my expectations for that game were like the entire world is like nothing nothing could stop that game in my imagination. And then when it actually came out as a first person shooter, I was disappointed. I like Halo. Uh, I, I like. <laughs> I like Halo. <laughs> I like Halo. To me, Halo Three right there. <laughs> is the best because I played a big old hot funness. Uh, four-player legendary online co-op Halo 3 and it to that purpose it was that that to me with on the on the hardest difficulty it was like remember when you were nine years old and you played the Simpsons the arcade game which was awful wait mm-hmm. no, I wasn't nine years old I was like 12 uh, or X-Men or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade games those are all terrible games and I don't care who knows it uh, like 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 Halo 3 online legendary four-player co-op on Xbox Live on the internet. That was like the payoff. That was yeah, like those are. Yeah, that was like, although that. far from the best game I've ever played, Halo 3 online co-op is probably the most fun I've had in a video game. It was, it was the most fun I've had in Halo. What don't you I think? I think that's more by virtue of the people than the game yeah. itself, because I think I don't, uh, playing Halo 3 just... well. Became- is not nearly as uh, compelling as one or two. Well, I played it uh, also two player. I also played it one player. Me too. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty good. It was a lot of level design. It was kind of some overkill. There's kind of a whole bunch of crap going on in there. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to make my list, and then someone else can can but, make another one if they like. What Mine. You, okay. Define your, define your criteria for best, though. Best is going to be. Um, best uh, uh, in terms of innovation and refinement of of how the game actually plays. So an, uh, an IGN list then, where they put Super Mario Brothers at number one best game of all time, that kind of list. Okay, go for it. So, sort of. Thanks for diminishing it. Before <laughs> I started. Uh, that's real nice of you. Uh, hey, go for it, man. <laughs> freaking jerk. Anyway, um, okay, from one to six, Halo two, Halo one. Halo 3, uh, ODST, Reach, Halo Wars. Okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do mine, which is uh, just the holistic experience. Halo 3 is the best. Sorry, uh, because uh, I just God darn it! I'm, I'm I'm combining. I'm doing. You that. just had a fun time with that one game. I don't think I, that really counts. I played all the Halo games. Okay, 
uh, and I've given them all some proper attention. I even played Halo One on a on an Xbox during the summer of uh, 2002, Fourth of July, even on a big CRT TV. Uh, I loved Halo One a lot, so that's why Halo One is number two. So in a holistic sense, like just the way the multiplayer, like the Forge mode and all that in uh, Halo Three, like the, the the multiplayer fun times I had in the death matches were pretty great. And that was extended to to even that was even better in Reach. Most people would say. So, like, why is that Reach? Why is it three? Yeah, but Reach didn't have as good of a campaign as three. Certainly not. Yeah, so I'm gonna go three, one, Reach, two, Odd, Wars. Yeah. Wars yeah. played for like, I don't even want to. I mean, Wars was cool. It was made by Ensemble, right? The yeah, it was. Guys, you know, it, was- it just should have been on the dang PC. Like playing that on the on the console was just ridiculous. Playing an RTS well, like that, it was just a, a labyrinth of menus, not and and dudes clipping into walls when I wanted them to just go to a stupid place. Yeah, Don't let Tim Schafer hear you say that. It was neat that they tried to FPS the. Uh, the, the RTS experience by having like the rotatable camera and the mm-hmm. you know it kind of felt like you were sort of driving the vehicles I guess but yeah I, be, I mean I pl- I played it for for two or three hours um, and I I liked a lot of things about it it just it was so frustrating because it wasn't it was like it it was a it was a game with some neat ideas that was seriously hampered by the co- it was on. It just shouldn't have been played with a controller. The comments on this post are going to be great, where people are like, you guys don't have <laughs> Halo. You are not qualified to talk about Halo. <laughs> right, I got my list, speaking of not being qualified. Let's hear it. Uh, Rayman Origins, okay. Rayman 1, Rayman 2, Rayman Arena, Rayman 3, and then Rayman Raving Rabbids. Okay. There you go. There you go. Uh, you, question number 8. We didn't ask Miller. Uh, okay. I mean... Well, we're running out of time. What's your number one, Miller? Number one. What's Halo 1. Okay. Halo yeah, one. that's the only one he played. Good. There you go. You <laughs> see, that's why. Detailed character appearance customization is generally a tedious affair. How can we yeah. streamline this process with minimal sacrifices to finesse? Connect, Connect. baby. Connect. Yeah. <laughs> we both said it at the same time. Yeah. yeah, like so you wear your hand around to uh, increase nose height? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just thought I'd take a picture and be like, you look like this. You ready? Yeah, let's do that. I, I really, you know, what I think you could do to streamline your character customization process is uh, uh, maybe if there are some artists in your company, you know, <laughs> people who are making the, the beautiful trees and backgrounds. Maybe you could get some artists who are as good at making people and design some characters and uh, have like ten different really great characters and let me just choose one of them and don't let me customize it because I'd rather you just shipped me a DVD with uh, with Maya on it. Well, tell- that won't work for everyone, because I happen to have some friends who will buy games just for the character customization. What? They should just give up on life what and stop. What do they look like in real life? Do they uh, look RPG characters? They look exactly like William Hung. Uh, in real life, they all look like ladies because they are ladies. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say. Oh, I apologize, because... <laughs> Well, obviously, character creation is god darn great. <laughs> I mean, ladies like it. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what my experience is with uh, with character creation generally, because I find it extremely tedious, and annoying. I I slide all the sliders 
in extreme ways until I can create the ugliest character possible, and then I just use that. Because you can't make a good-looking character most of the time, so I just make the ugliest one that you can make. Um, you can't even see your character anyway. Yeah, although in, in a game like uh, Soul Calibur, where you can you can recreate other characters or make really fantastical things, that's kind of cool. They do a pretty okay job with that one. And I, so I think perhaps using them as an example, it's rather than having sliders and stuff, have a bunch of pre-set um, pieces, like uh, like making your avatar on the dang Wii or... Uh, or Xbox Live, where you, you've just got a bunch of parts that will definitely fit together, and sliders only where where it can really, um, where it won't distort things, like, you know, belly size or something like that, and then and then just have prefabricated, really nice-looking parts. I think that's a good idea. I think, that, uh, I think that White Knight Chronicles for the PS3 had a really good character, really smooth character generation. I made my character Casca from Berserk. Nice. She looked exactly like Casca. It was fantastic. It was Fantasca. So, like, and I actually I named her Casca and everything, and I played the whole game, and that's why I enjoyed that game where nobody else did, because I, I had Casca. And I just, I feel like the game already had that berserk-looking 1990s, 1980s anime aesthetic to it. And I feel like if a lot of, uh, if more games had that awesome 19, late 1980s anime aesthetic, then uh, uh, the character customization would be great. You know, I, I gotta say, I thought the uh, me system was pretty good. I think yeah. so too. I just wish they didn't look so dumb. No, they look awful. But the actual like creation part was really streamlined and easy. And and when I was taking a long time on something, it was because I wanted to get it just right, not because it was just looking hideous and I had to fix it. Not because you caved in the person's forehead and had no idea what you did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Skyrim or Fallout 3, like, I get lost in a labyrinth of my own imagination, and I cannot, I can't make my character look good, and I, I break yeah. cold sweats. And it's like, my character's always bald, uh, a bald female. I just try to make her look like a mannequin. I try, I don't want a character ugly, like, say, Brandon or uh, most of my friends. Brandon <laughs> <laughs> said he would make the character look as dumb as possible. And yeah, you see a lot of those in Dark Souls and Demon Souls, you see a lot of just dumb-looking characters. I just try to make my character look as not broken as possible, you know? And sometimes when you turn the beard off on the male character, he looks horrible. And then you got to do something to his face, and then slippery slope, etc., but you, usually the the default model that they give you is is a very normal, straight up looking character that you could just use right away. Usually the default they generate- model character on Mountain Blade Warband kind of looks like Tim Rogers. Yeah, <laughs> that, I made that one actually. Um, but like in Skyrim, they don't even give you a default character. It's just they're like randomly generated characters, and it's like what? And they they all suck. I, I think I think my answer would just be to put Hagar from Final Fight in any game as a preset because yeah. if I see him, I'm going to pick him. There you go. I, I just want to play as Scott Bakula and pretend I'm quantum leaping into every game. Why not? I think Ooh. there should be mustaches on every character. Just own, every character has a mustache, even the ladies, uh, even the animals. Everyone should have a mustache. I think Charles Bronson should be the character. He's, yes. Yeah character i think that celebrities should start licensing their uh, uh their likenesses to games can we say that mike hagar is the charles bronson of video games almost 
Not quite, yeah. Almost, because he has a mustache and he's ripped. Charles Bronson's not really ripped. Charles Bronson has much better hair than Hagar. Yeah, and, and Charles Bronson is more of a uh, fisticuffs brawler while while uh, Hagar is very definitely a wrestler. I just want Casca in every video game. And I want every video game to look like the manga Berserk. I just said manga. Mangas. Mangas. You got our manga. I want every game to look like the manga Berserk. And I want every character to be either Casca or... Uh, or uh, 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 guts. I want a video game to look like the original G.I. Joe series. As long yeah. as I think my guy look just like Sephiroth or Cloud. Um. This next oh. question, question number nine, is currently oh. featured on Quora.com. What are some films <laughs> every gamer must watch? What are some films every gamer must watch? Okay. Um, the, oh, I'm the sorry. Every player of video games must watch. Yeah. The version of the Virgin Spring, uh, Ingmar Bergman. It that will teach you what uh, what vengeance is and and how how uh, vindicating and terrible it can be. I think you should watch The Hurt Locker because it will teach you that uh, you can actually kind of tell some pretty cool stories about something as recent as the Iraq war without it just being dudes screaming at dudes like in Call of Duty and yeah. some sort of action to it. Although I didn't find that movie very mem- memorable myself. Oh, man. It, it kind of crept up on me over the course of several months after seeing it. Every but, uh, single response to that question on Quora is some kind of movie adaptation of a video game, but I like this direction a lot better. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, why would you need to watch any video game movies if you're a player of video games? What, what, well, what does that add for you? What do you, what do you get out of that? <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say they should watch uh, Street Fighter the movie with a person who is not a player of video games as to offer some kind of context because Street Fighter the movie is what like not players of video games think video games are in terms of narrative capability. It's kind of true though. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. I want, I, I want that perspective. I want them to sit there and think, man, this is fucking terrible. I mean, I love the movie personally, but for horrible reasons, right? It's the goal of, of showing a gamer movies. I'm calling them gamers, like, uh, sure. rightfully here. Yeah. yeah. The goal is to get them to stop playing the video games and be like, man, movies are actually better than games. I want them to just to learn about narrative and expect more. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's what I'm my, thinking too. I, I, whenever somebody like Roger Ebert, me too. This is games, and then then somebody goes, somebody's the first reply on the blog is, "Yeah, games made ten billion dollars last year, and movies only made eight. And it's like, oh god. You know, I think I want him to watch an anti-war movie. I can't decide which one. Uh, I like All Quiet on the Western Front, but that's kind of old-fashioned now. Bridge on the River Kwai. That's a really good World War II film that uh, yeah. that has kind of a neat story. Apocalypse Now. Yeah, I was, I was thinking Apocalypse Now, maybe. I was thinking Apocalypse, like, maybe in about 15 minutes. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, you guys ready? Yeah. <laughs> I, my body is ready. <laughs> I think they should watch um, Baba Yaga or any other um, major uh, Italian giallo film, which shows you kind of what kind of an interesting narrative you can do on a smaller, lower budget, because a lot of video games have really a B-movie aesthetic to them purposefully or otherwise. Yeah. When, and 
to to watch some of those movies that have done really interesting things would I think would be pretty uh, mind opening for some of those folks. I was thinking for the same reasons. It's not a film, but maybe a minor uh, marathon of the best Twilight Zone episodes would be yeah. good for just quickly showing a cool narrative, you know, on a budget. I was thinking, like, when Skyrim came out, like, there were, I'm not going to name names, but a lot of reviews were like, it's like the Game of Thrones of video games, and it's like, I've only seen, like, seven episodes of Game of Thrones. Uh, by the way, Brandon, we should watch more Game of Thrones soon. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, come on over right now if you're not, if you're not busy. But, I'll come over after this, but keep yeah, going. Like, no, let's just stop the podcast right now so you don't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> Everybody oh, wait. go home and watch but, Game no, of Thrones. Anyway, seriously, like... Watch a couple episodes of Game of Thrones. Man, no, Skyrim does not nearly, nearly have any of the narrative uh, attention to detail of something like Game of Thrones. And it's not just that Game of Thrones is outside the scope of Skyrim. It's not that it's bigger or, you know, it's using the TV medium. It's like there are definitely narrative constructs that are at play here, whereas every scene with every character like, literally, there's nothing wasted. They're always building a character. There's a purpose to every scene. It's like, looking at that, yeah, you could probably expect a little bit more out of your fantasy schlock. You know, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. But- oh, uh, Conan, speaking of which, uh, mm. would be fantastic for people to watch because that movie has just it's got-, got gorgeous production design and <laughs> fantastic music, and, and that is... That is what we should be expecting out of our environments as well. That kind of variety, but also attention to detail that makes you feel like everything, even uh, however disparate, is part of the same world. Really, I would like to do a list of things that game players and game designers should never watch again, and put Star Wars at the top of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you mean? Just leave it alone. I think the entire Star Wars series, Empire Strikes Back, has some redeeming qualities. Well, yeah, it's just they. Yeah, know, but we're tired. We've already I mean, seen it too much. I think yeah. that's the problem. I just want to say, Brandon, I wish you hadn't mentioned uh, Conan because our me and our game Ziggurat is the Conan the Barbarian of FPSs. That's our goal with it. Well, now I'm sorry. Uh, what if, what now if, someone else is going to do it and you lose? Going to steal it? <laughs> oh no! We got to hurry. <laughs> Jaffe, you, Jaffe, you should post this answer to Cora, and we'll see. Yeah, how that's we what I was going to do. I'm yeah, way yeah, ahead of you. <laughs> I, I will promote it with all my credits. Do it. By the way, I just want to let you guys know that. What? That this was my idea that we answer featured core questions. <laughs> Congratulations, Tim. I guess you're the best one in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he ever wanted, to be called the best one in the podcast. What? Another one. Um, Is that it? We got it? Yeah, I yeah, think, I think we guess. got it. That brings okay. us to question number 10. Design eight new robot masters for the next Mega Man game. <laughs> Sandwich Man. Sandwich Man's pretty good. He could kind of like squish you into now, his body. Before, like you shoot out with, his... before you come up with these novel concepts, realize that one has to be weak to the next one. Uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, okay, we just go in order. So Sandwich Man. Knife Man. So Sandwich Man, you 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 get a you power where you shoot off one piece of bread and then you you like suck an enemy into it and then squish him into you, right? Yeah, that's we, I, think I think we can agree to that. Clearly. So, so uh, clearly the the guy who's weak to that is um, Baloney Man. Okay. Baloney Man, right? Um, so and and Baloney Man probably shoots out slices of bologna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty simple. Maybe they, maybe they, co- they blind you. enemies. They cover their face and blind them. 
There you go. So who's weak to that? Uh, Jews. <laughs> what? Okay, so the golem. Excellent. So let's 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 point out, please, that Ale- uh, Alex Jaffe is is a very Jewish Jewish man. Yeah, so, I'm, uh, I'm the mo- I'm the Jewishest. I wear a yarmulke said- and everything. I pray every day. I am Sabbath observant, so I'm qualified to make Jew jokes. So 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 Alex Jaffe is weak to Bologna. Bologna <laughs> yes. Man, right? yes. So Alex Jaffe, man. Dreadle man. Dreadle Yeah. Dreidelman, okay. Oh my! So, God. I like where this is going. Dreidelman, uh, Dreidelman has a, a, obviously a spinning top move, which Megaman has done before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, okay. We could we could bring it back. It's just but recent. they have a fire boss in every game. Why not have two top men? Yeah, yeah. okay. I so, think from a game design perspective, I think you you should be designing these uh, in terms of uh, uh, you should be going uh, making them stronger as we go along instead of making them weaker. But let's let's keep trying this. Yeah. Well, in, does it need to come full circle? Does Sandwich Man need to be weak to the? Black yes, guy he does. Yes, he does. Should be able to kill all of them. Yeah. So. Well, although your Mega Buster should be able to just kill one of them pretty easy. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. Um, so one's weak to the Mega Buster primarily. Dreidel Man. Uh, okay, you get a spinning top move. Uh, what's that good against? I'm just spinning around. Um, guys, what do you drill dizzy? through? Oh. Maybe it's, maybe it's a guy on roller skates, and if you spin, it spins him around, and he falls over. Roller sure. man. Roller man. Ro- roller man. His move is a dash that lets Mega Man dash on roller blades. Right. And uh, it could be Stilt Man because he's on stilts, and you have to knock him over. Okay, yeah, okay. then we, number five is Stilt Man. And then yep. so you're on stilts, and then uh, uh, who's the next guy? Stop. Who, uh, uh, man. I think Mole Man. He uh, he. Uh, oh wait, no. It, stilt man needs to be good against this person. Yeah, he's be good against someone. Maybe okay. it's a, maybe it's a tall short man. <laughs> no, that's terrible. So Mega Man gets stilts and he can like walk over spikes with them. Yeah. Right, and he can also do a stilt kick. So there's a reach on who who you have to normally jump to shoot, right? So it has to be like a tall guy. So it could be um, Shack Man. Shack Man. Shack Man. How about just basketball, man? Yeah, basketball, wow. man. Sure. Oh, there's got to be a basketball, man. He's a round guy, though. He's not a tall player. He needs to be a player. He needs to be a tough... Yeah, well, he needs to be throwing basketball. Scotty Pippen, man. Oh, I mean, you, you get Shaq Powers. And so... Shaq, and so you the, get Shaq Fu. So, who, so I, who's strong against Shaq, man, is, uh, is free throw, man. Or net man. <laughs> we can't have two <laughs> basketball-themed players. We already have two lunch-themed robots. And you're Doing it wrong, doing it backwards, because we know who's strong against Shaq. It's, it's still man. Yes. Right. Now, Shaq strong against? Netman. Netman, okay. Okay, Netman. Uh, so, Netman is number seven. Okay. Okay, so number eight. Number eight has to be strong, has to be weak to Netman, and strong to Sandwich Man. Tuna Man. Tuna man. Yeah. There you go. Wow. There you go. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Oh, there we go. That's wow. perfect. That really inspired. That's great. Yeah. That, that was beautiful, Tim. That was absolutely <laughs> beautiful. I couldn't have planned it better. I was once the smartest kid ever lived in Kansas, they said. <laughs> that takes us to the hit of the podcast, our lightning round. Yeah. Woohoo. This week, oh. we're going to do bottom line reviews again. Uh, yeah. Now... Pat, if you're unfamiliar with this, what we do is I name a game, and you guys have to work together to review it in a single sentence in this format. 
Name of game sure. is rest of sentence. Gotcha. Have you, you read action.net? Yes, I have. Yeah, there you go. Are you actionbutton.net intrusion into insert credit here? Okay. Uh, okay. Four minutes on the clock. Are you ready to go? Yeah. Yep. Here we go. NBA Street. NBA Street is basketball. NBA Street is down the street from NFL Street. <laughs> NBA Mario street. Land. Super Hello. Mario Land 3. Mario Land Super Mario Land 3 is a uh, uh, pretty decent game with a kind of a weird, ugly aesthetic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. Yeah, that, that's a bad one. Try again. It's a really good game. It's it's a good game. Wario Land Three is. That's is not it? what we asked for. Asked for Wario. Man, Land I think we have to skip this one. Down. Next, Floundering. Pass, pass, pass. Go. Star Wars pass. Trilogy Arcade. What? what was it? Star Wars okay. Trilogy Arcade. Oh, Star Wars Trilogy Arcade. Oh my God. Star, Star, Trilogy, Trilogy, Star Wars Trilogy Arcade. A, a remnant from another age. A whole lot of plastic. Fresh In every. Freshly picked tingles, rosy rupee land is uh, totally are mouthful. I played that. It is not for sale in the United States. Is a is a blow dryer for your brain. Math blaster. Oh. Math blaster is is a blaster for your math. Math blaster is not violent enough considering the title. Math Mega blaster. Man X. For some reason, Mega Man X is it's the tenth Mega Man. Is a lot. Mega Man X is the best Mega Man. It is not as cool as Malcolm X. <laughs> you don't know Jack. Uh, why? Fuck you, I do know Jack. Yeah. What do you know about how much I know about Jack? You don't know Jack is a false statement because I totally know all about Jack. Yeah, Grim Fandango. Grim Fandango is the best game ever made. Grim <laughs> Fandango is the best game I've ever played. Grim Fandango is pretty cool. Grim Fandango is honestly not that grim. Team Fortress 2. Team Fortress 2 is, uh, it's not the video game equivalent of chess, but it's almost as good as checkers. Okay. Neverwinter Nights. Neverwinter Nights is a game I enjoyed a lot, and I don't like to admit that. And uh, it's the only video game that is uh, still, the, to date, the only video game that has been a job interview because uh, you submitted a module to BioWare as a job interview to be the level designer. That's definitely not a sentence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah try again. Super Nights is a job interview of a video game. Super Smash, Smash Brothers. Dumb. Ugh. Super Smash Brothers is a weak excuse for a fighting game. Super Smash Brothers is pro-level rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Pokemon yeah. Yellow version, special Pikachu edition. Is it, uh... Is yeah. Pokemon. Is Pika... I choose you. It is the one I choose. <laughs> Silent Hill Origins. Silent Hill Origins. Is one of the uh, more mediocre games starring a man with a trucker hat. Hmm. <laughs> Next. Uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is... Man, I've actually used actionbutton.net sentences to describe this game before. Dude, okay, so, well, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is Marvel Baby, is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's manufactured Marvel Baby. Yeah. Temple of Apshai. What? Is Temple of Apshai. Yeah. Temple of Apshai is apparently a video game. I, I, I don't know what that is. 
<laughs> the Matrix Path of Neo. This is awesome. Matrix Path of Neo is my favorite Matrix movie. Weirdly, is a And that's the thing. Well, that yep. wraps it up for episode seven of the Insert Credit Podcast. I'd like yeah. to take this time before we go to congratulate Brandon and Tim, CEOs of Necrosoft and Action Button Entertainment, which were just both announced by Sony as developers for the PlayStation Mobile. Well, yeah, that's yep. a cool thing. Obviously, the opinions expressed on this podcast in no way reflect those of the Sony Corporation. The PlayStation Mobile, that's like, that's some fake thing that they're doing temporarily that they don't, they're not really serious about, right? Right. Probably, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, okay. listeners, here are some <laughs> things you can do. Send an email to podcast at insertcredit.com with a question you would like to hear on the show. Or attach an audio file under 60 seconds answering any of the questions asked in our catalog. You can also leave us a review on iTunes, or just tell your friends about the show on Twitter using the hashtag InsertCredit. I've been your host, Alex Gorblax Jaffe. Oh, 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 yeah, we're introducing ourselves. Yeah, this is the third time. Come on, guys. Well, wh- wh- this, why, why is there a Trying third? to get people to understand what our voices are, because all of the reviews are like, I can't tell their voices apart. Oh, okay, this okay. Is, this is Frank Cifaldi, and uh, I'm going to say the word hashtag again. Hashtag. I'm going to say, I'm Tim Rogers, and I'm going to say, I'm a smash tag. Uh, I'm Brandon Sheffield, and um, man, I don't really have a fun word. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Cash tag? Yeah, I was going to say cash tag, and I'm Patrick Miller. I guess I just said cash tag. And we're all reminding you to play Kanan Lynch Dog Days every day. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast over, yeah!